0: Hi guys, welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today, I've got the pleasure of being with Amy Watson. Amy and I share, like so many other people, share trauma in our background. And Amy is here to talk honestly with me about ptsd and about going through hard times surviving and then learning to live and love yourself and live with the passion that you deserve regardless what your past is like so amy thank you so much for coming onto my show i'm really 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 pleased
1: well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited uh, from halfway around the world, probably even more than halfway around the world.
0: Indeed, indeed. No, it's beautiful. Amy, we both met on a, on a discussion forum uh, for a podcast, Interested People, and your, your story immediately sort of struck a, a chord with me. I think there are so many people out there who have gone through hard times. And and I've had quite a number of guests who were uh, so beautiful in sharing their story, their PTSD. And I think one of the things that we want to put straight out there is that PTSD can be an absolute bitch to live with. So you guys, the very first thing when you're listening or viewing this, there is help out there. Why? Because you're not alone. There are so many people who are going through very similar things that that you're going through now. So please, the sheer fact that you're listening into this probably means that, that you had your fair share of trauma yourself and are living with the consequences. Do not give up under any circumstances, because there are people in, in your tribe out there, they're just waiting to connect. They're just waiting to tell you how they got their act together, how they dealt with the in, seemingly insurmountable challenges. So so hope, true. Hmm. So therefore, guys, it is great that you're here, that you're listening in, and Amy and I will will hopefully – Demystify PTSD and demystify uh, things. Uh, Talk about the taboo, talk about the guilt and shame and all that crap that is going on in our heads and altering, hopefully, a little bit the way you see your own journey.
1: Yes, that's the goal.
0: hmm, Amy, Mm -hmm. you were certainly not growing up and thinking, wow, I'm going to go one day, I'm going to go out there and teach people how to deal with PTSD. Um probably not most most kiddos don't have that on their wish list for Father Christmas.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, never was on my wish list. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> Are you happy to share a little bit about your story? And, and I, I am. I'm, I'm
1: very, very happy to do that. Um, I am a survivor of um, childhood abuse. I am a, um, I am a survivor in, in every form of that childhood abuse that you can imagine. A lot of people like to get caught up in the gravity of my story because it is about 35 years of trauma. Um, childhood abuse, uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Grew up in a children's home. Um, really did well in that children's home. I tell people all the time that it was the best Four or five years of my life, which tells you a little bit about what it was like before, um, and uh, really abandoned by my mom, who who left to marry uh, a man in her home who was who was hurting me, and um, and she, my they basically the state of Florida took me from her, and I was placed in a children's home, and that was some happy times for me because I was loved maybe for the first time ever. Um, I was 14 years old, did really well. When I was in the children's home, went to college on a full ride scholarship um, and uh, promptly left, uh, graduated from college uh, and uh, got into a volatile relationship with one of the first guys that I had ever really dated. And um, fast forward three years and, and married him and then lived through a 12 year um, marriage with him that was filled with violence, um, physical especially, um, emotional, um, and every other form of domestic violence that you can imagine. And so I, I haven't had many years under my belt. No, that was, that was 13 years ago that I got out of that marriage, but I was 35 years old um, on the very first day when I remember not having an active trauma. And it was then and only then that I could begin to deal with it. I didn't even know what PTSD was. Um, but I, but, uh, I knew that I just wanted to beat it. And, um, and so I did well in school and I'm an entrepreneur and I started a business and I did a lot of great things all the while suffering, um, and silence. And I think some of what we'll talk about today is how, um, and those early days I coped with that in a very unhealthy way. This is a podcast about, um, sobriety. And this is a podcast about substance abuse. And that is part of my story. Right. And, um, but, but, a, but a survivor of a lot of trauma and a lot of unresolved um, issues as well. And so then it feels so unfair in so many ways. And for those of your listeners, and I certainly will be making sure I share this on all my platforms, for all of our listeners who um, are asking that question, do I have PTSD? PTSD. I always say, hey, if you're asking that question, then you got something, right? There's a reason why you're asking that question. And so it is silent and it will kill us all. Uh, There is, as you mentioned, such great stigma to it. And so uh, essentially 2020 um, did a number on all of us and uh, my business was uh, for the most part shut down when the the United States shut down. I'm a restaurant management recruiter, so restaurants weren't open and um and I just knew that um, the time had come for me to Use this this access to this trauma and this pain and this recovery that I have to help other people. And so I went to office. No, actually I ordered a mic off of Amazon before the whole world did. You can't find one on Amazon now because everybody's podcaster. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but but got a mic and and climbed in my guest closet and started talking. And um, it has truly become my passion in the past six months to help people who don't understand what's going on inside of them, because I certainly didn't, and uh, to help them know there is such hope and there is such healing. And like you said, you're not alone. Mm. And so I'm so grateful for this opportunity to speak with you on this today, for sure.
0: And it is so important to recognize that PTSD comes in, in many, many shapes and colors and, I call it a chameleon because it sometimes hides itself very effectively amongst other things. So you were saying that some of the the things that you relied on uh, were were not so healthy. Maybe some alcohol, maybe some prescription drugs, these kind of things. And it's very easy to then focus on, oh, I'm an addict, and our prescription oh, drugs, and talk about nothing else than, see, you need to stop, and, and how dare you, and you're such a bad bad woman for for abusing uh, prescription drugs, things like that, not realizing what the cause of it is. Yeah. Why are you the way you are? Why are you wanting to stop the pain, not just the real pain from your injury, but the emotional pain for which you're really taking to, to prescription painkillers or the prescription drugs
1: yeah.
0: and that it is it's so true mm.
1: yeah it's so true because then we began to focus like you said on okay well you're taking you're taking medication instead of why. And so I spent a lot of years in that guilt and shame and like, this is my last pill. You know, um, this is the last time I'm gonna do this. Uh, you know, I just need to go to sleep. Um, it's not that much. You know, there's an old saying and I know that you've probably heard it. And this is so true for me with the prescription pain pill. And and, and like a lot of people, my abuse of, of, the, of that substance started with a car accident. Like I, I had a significant back injury. And it was in the middle of my domestic violence marriage. And I took that little pill and I was like, whoa, you mean I don't always need to feel like the, like everything inside of me is just ripping out of my chest and my head is racing? I don't always have to feel this way. Well, what changed? Oh, this pill. And it very much became that old saying, you know, where one is too many and 10,000 are not enough. And so, and so therein started my journey with self medicating, never addressing the trauma, never addressing the monster that I was living with, always feeling guilt and shame over the handfuls of pills I was taking. And so I'm glad you said that because I think for those of us on the on this on on this side of, of that table, it's really important to, to to look at people in our lives and. No one wants to drink themselves into oblivion. We're all chasing answers at the bottom of some bottle. Somehow, it's not there. That answer's not there. Um,
0: Trust me, I checked. I checked every yeah. bottle. That. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. And 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 I even I even put on my glasses sometimes and look, <laughs> You know, is, is it there? You know. <laughs> oh, I, know. So I know. I know. Just to make sure, there. give me and another so bottle. Yeah, when you mix right. the shame that's already there. Yeah. With with um with PTSD and particularly in my case because so much of my trauma was was sexual abuse in nature and the shame that comes with that. Um yeah, it's a hot mess. You know, it's a hot mess. And it wasn't until somebody stepped in for me. Um I was actually hospitalized, um, not from a, an overdose, but from a complete nervous breakdown. Um, because I did have enough sense to not, at least I thought, take too much. I am very fortunate to be alive because I know I took too much so many times. Uh, but it wasn't until um, we got, somebody said, you're not okay. Hmm. And then just like this village just came around me and said, let's, let's fix the real problem because we don't even know how you wake up in the morning. There doesn't seem to be enough medication in the Western hemisphere to deal with what you're dealing with. And so when that happened was the game changer for me. Um, I went to one NA meeting and it completely freaked me out. (laughs) And so, um, but the people in my life, my community, which is something I talk about a lot said, that's not, this isn't who you are. You're not an addict. You're a PTSD patient. You're a trauma patient. You need help. And that was the game changer for me. So I'm so glad you identify the difference between those two because The addiction is easier to fix. We can go to meetings Mm. and we can, and and we can, you know, we can do what we need to do. Everybody has a different way, but it's all one day at a time. Sweet Jesus today. I'm sober tomorrow. I might not be. Mm. Um, but, uh, that community that stayed and then obviously getting into counseling to talk about PTSD and to understand PTSD. Mm. I was on medication at times, uh, proper medication for the, for the trauma. Um, But that's so huge and something that I'm not even sure I've ever actually even identified that it was, I spent so much time identifying myself as an addict Mm. instead of a PTSD patient.
0: It's sometimes, that's why I'm calling it a chameleon because it hides so well. And my own PTSD did not become apparent to me until last year, literally. Wow. And uh, it, it came, pretty much from my teenager years and it was I had reframed what had happened to me the violence that happened to me I had reframed that into something positive so in my mind my awareness around myself was good was normal that's what you should be. I was looking down on people who would go with their phone and walking along on the footpath, um, not being aware of what's around them. And I get pissed off with people when they're driving and are dreaming along in their car. Um, That's not me. Yet, I didn't actually recognize how really probably hyper vigilant I am, how maybe I was just a little bit too much and um, that I, yeah, there were many other things. I mean, the three and four o'clock in the morning waking up, that's a bit of a giveaway that there is something not right. The, yeah, the yeah. crazy yeah, dreams. Yeah, that,
1: that, that's a telltale sign. Yeah,
0: hang on. The crazy dreams mm-hmm. where you wake up, what the heck was this all about? Yeah, once in 10 days or 10 nights, you get a shit night's sleep. That's normal, okay? Let's not be silly here. So if you wake up once with something going really weird in your dream, hey, if you do that virtually every night, hmm, yeah. exactly. Something's did wrong. did and here I, I don't think I'm the most stupidest you know tool in the shed here, but um, hell, I was I was. It took me really till last year to actually put the, the one and one together and and say shit, that is where where some of my problems lay, and dealing with it then. With the help of mindfulness and self-hypnosis and stuff like that, suddenly things improved and these dreams were no longer such an issue. And uh, the waking up at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, yeah, no, bye-bye to that. And thank you very much. I'm a better man for that. But it's a chameleon. It's a chameleon. And guys, this is not a pissing contest. You don't have to be, to to say, oh, but, you know, my blood and gore was worse than your blood and gore. Right. No, there is it that you feel helpless in that moment, and that gets really, really close to you. Now, this could be because you were in a major road traffic accident. Right. 30% of people in an MBA will have that, uh, will have PTSD. Um, uh, sexual abuse... The, the numbers are huge, and there is, of course, the shame there. But there are many other versions of events that then cause you to have the same end results, the, the hypervigilance, the com- completely on edge all the time, right. the sleeplessness, the, 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 the high levels of anxiety, really, your sympathetic nervous yeah. system going nuts all the time. So yeah, let's, you know,
1: it's, it, it's interesting because... One really simple way to explain PTSD, I was asked this the other day, and um, my, my counselor describes it like this, is PTSD, or excuse me, let's go back for a second, trauma. What is trauma? Trauma is anything, is clinically described as anything that takes us outside of our window of tolerance, now that window of tolerance is different for everybody. Mm. The same person can be in the same car accident and not have any problems. Um, the same person can witness the same car accident and not have any problems. We don't know that as very, very, very poorly understood why some of us mm. experience post-traumatic stress disorder. And Forbes magazine had an article a couple weeks ago, and this is getting pretty popular, at least in North America, where they want to drop the D off of post-traumatic stress disorder because it's not a disorder. This, When we experience trauma and when we experience things outside of our window of tolerance, yeah. literal things happen in our brains. There's two yeah. things in our brains that are regulating these kinds of things, our amygdala and our hippocampus. Uh-huh. And literally... When we experience trauma, we flip our lid like that. One of those glands literally flips open, dumps adrenaline, dumps cortisol. Both, are, both of those are stress hormones. And that's where the crappy night sleeps come in, the floodings, the flashbacks. Like for me, sometimes it's like, is this 1978 or is it 2020? I don't know, because I just woke up thinking that that 1978 event was happening again. And so people try to self-diagnose, but like we just talked about, if there's something in here going, like you said, the anxiety, you know, if somebody not moving at a red light immediately just makes you want to blow your lid, especially those nighttime things that you were talking about, the, the, the floodings and the memories and the, just the anxiety and the hypervigilance all hallmarks to post-traumatic stress disorder. And so we need to, People in the world need to spend less time wanting to label it and more time paying attention at what's going on inside of (laughs) them.
0: And accepting that there is a lot of that happening. It is actually quite normal that your brain wants to make sense out of something really nasty that you witnessed or that you were part in. So these symptoms initially in the first three months after a road traffic accident uh, are normal. I remember I I was driving in in Adelaide, I was driving on a bike, um, cycling uh, from work, and a guy just didn't see me. And next thing I knew, he had, basically, I was on his bonnet, then he braked and Mm -hmm. I shot off and was lying there like a turtle on my back and my big backpack saved my bacon, basically. So there I was, yeah, I was lucky. Nothing broken, a little bit of a swelling there, a bruise, essentially. And there I was, nothing much happening. So I should be all fine, shouldn't I? And as a doctor, how many accidents do I treat, for Christ's sake? And here I was. The next three months were not pretty, okay? At nighttime, bing, you were awake. and But that was normal. You, That was a bloody scary thing. And me as a doctor, I knew my chances. Had the car hit me in a bit of a different way, I wouldn't be walking, okay? So these kind of things. Is, so small accident, not even worthwhile mentioning, you could think, big, 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 uh, secretly big, big uh, consequences for me yeah. because my brain needed to deal with that. And right. so for, for six weeks, three months, that's probably normal. So, guys, don't beat yourself up if you get that. This is your brain trying to make sense. Right. The problem is, of course, if that doesn't then come to a conclusion, with that yeah. then keeps going and going and going. And I think that's the the difference between the post-traumatic stress and the post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, I would agree. The, yeah, the disorder is then yeah. when it just doesn't want to go away, but it right. is there actually for six months and longer, and it is what it is, and, it, and these kind of things are—they are there. We can't just push them right. away. We can't push right. them away that the world is is turning to custard. Uh, you have got right now—you have got a hurricane uh, bearing down on you, and you have got uh, bad winds there. Well, uh, half of California is up in fire and flames. Oregon—all these yeah. kind of things. This, this is this is this is massive, massive stuff. COVID, massive stuff. Having an idiot as president, massive stuff, okay? There is so many reasons why you might feel on edge or why you might be pushed so far out there that it actually becomes trauma and that you actually live now with the consequences of that.
1: It's so true. And, and, and there's, you know, and there's such hope in understanding it. Um, you know, I think that um, the science of it is fascinating to me. My undergrad degree is in biology. I wanted to be a doctor when I grew up, but then um, when I began to see blood and stuff like that, but the blood didn't bother me, sick people bothered me. And so, but anyway, I'm still very fascinated by the science of it. Uh-huh. And when, one of the things that is that, that I want to listeners to understand because for me, I was frustrated. Why can't you just get over it, Amy? Why can't you get over it? Literally, why can't you get over it? But then understanding neuroplasticity in our brains and the uh, and the nerves that wire together, fire together, and that I, how I had an MRI with nine lesions on my brain, and uh, and then had EMDR for six months and came back, and four of them. Were, it just disappeared because the neuroplasticity, my the right side of my brain, my my, and I always get them wrong. You're the doctor; you'll correct me. But the right side of my brain, which I believe is the emotional side, and the left is all the L's, the the linear, the logic, all that. Those guys talk to each other, right? Well, trauma stops that because when we go into fight or flight, and those hormones that I that I mentioned, cortisol and uh, adrenaline, it actually seals in that memory. And it mm-hmm. does that for a reason, like a, like a gazelle in a, in a, in a savanna. It, if, if one time it got nipped by a cheetah, the next time it sees an opening and it sees a cheetah, it's going to run because it remembers that trauma. Well, that's good. And I want the listeners to know that those responses are good because fight or flight is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. You want to fly. if you, it, We want to stay alive in the face of danger. It's when that doesn't stop. And then when and and it almost and and it gets stuck on this side of your brain, I call it the loop, it gets stuck on the illogical side of your brain, not the logical side. And so it doesn't matter how many times somebody tells you two plus two is four. If they aren't working, it's three (laughs) or it's five. And then you're hard on yourself. And then you take pills or then you drink alcohol because you can't figure out you're so hard on yourself. Why isn't two plus two equaling four? It's always equaled four. And then I had this bicycle accident, and now it's six because these guys aren't talking to each other. The two sides of the brain are not talking to each other and long-term trauma. We see this in dementia and Alzheimer's patients too. When those, that is the essence of this, the science of the problem with PTSD. And so for a PTSD patient, to not be hard on themselves is impossible because that's logical, not being hard on yourself. They can't be logical when they're in trauma. That's at least been my experience.
0: So true, so true. Logic is something that you use in a cult light of a day, but you're not working on that level. You're working right. on the reptilian brain level. You're working on on fight or flight, which means that you make reactions to things that happen around you without even being conscious about them. Right. So you turn into a very different person than you want to be. And that, that in its own right is trauma because yeah. people who are suffering from that don't think for a moment they don't know that they're... Not the nicest dad to be around with, or the the nicest nicest wife lover or
1: friend caring, yeah or
0: friend etc, any kind of the, yeah. the social roles you can imagine, no, you're not fulfilling them, and that is then another reason for shame and guilt, and it just yeah. builds on top of each other, and you God it can be an a massive 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 mess to untangle yeah. But guess what? There is. We all have got that little bit of uh, of, of the ball of, of yarn and there's a little bit of fret there. Well you you there is a huge ball, but start with that little fret. You've got some little clue, some little hint, work with that. And yeah, and, un- and somebody that
1: yeah, one hundred percent. And if and again if you're if if you're listening to this and and, and you and you feel that inside, we all know it. I I, I wish there were The best way to explain this if you're feeling this inside is think of 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 a negative emotion or what's going on inside of you as the color red let's call it a volcano and um and so the volcano starts kind of from our gut and up through our solar plexus and just kind of just and then all this lava is coming down and you're activated. Something has activated you. Something is, it's, it's a trigger from a past trauma or it might even be the trauma Mm. or a trauma, a current trauma. Um, What I do in the mindfulness, now I'm a Christian and my faith is really important to me, but, but that, but but you don't need to be um, a Christian Mm. to, to be able to do what I'm getting ready to explain to you. So when that, when that red volcano goes off. So for me, it could be a, and usually all five senses for me with a trauma can do it. So if I smell something, see something, hear something, feel something, I always forget the fifth one. But all five traumas, <laughs> <laughs> all five senses. So so the other day, literally, I had a little baby oil. I was I just poured some of my hand. We had gone to the beach, and I was brushing up some shells, and it was a trigger, and it reminded me of one of my abuses, and I literally had this response where I just threw up. Um, literally threw up. And so I was activated. And so that volcano was like, mm-hmm. well, I have I have tools in my toolbox to help when that happens. And mm-hmm. so what I know to do is when I'm feeling activated, when something has triggered me, when it's red, that's why we, uh, why we picked that color red. Um, and that volcano and the ashes are coming down. I know then that I wanna introduce another color. Like I envision in my mind this yellow bridge that I'm gonna walk across. And this yellow bridge, gives me the opportunity to shift my focus and so, okay, that was then, this is now, I'm safe now, I don't need to be hyper-vigilant. It also helps me to shift my breath, you know, as I'm walking across this bridge. Well I walk across this bridge to this beautiful blue body of water that is just nothing but refreshing and I can breathe in that water and it cools down all that lava and it falls down and even the lava ashes and now things are being cultivated and things are growing and buildings are growing and communities are growing because I have a tool in my PTS trigger to go that was that's not now there's a reason I don't need to feel guilty for feeling activated, for yelling at my friend, for canceling plans, which is a huge issue for me as a PTSD patient. Plans sound good in theory until it's time to time to do it. And then the anxiety comes in and I've lost friendships. I've lost relationships before I could identify this in myself. And so now when when something does absolutely trigger me, Uh, or trigger a PTSD memory, that's just something little that I try to do. And so to use your example of that little thread, don't be afraid, guys, to pull it because there are tools. Mm -hmm. Because when that thread is unwound, it is so beautiful because it gives us opportunities to do things like we're doing now and help other people. There is just such hope. The stigma of it has got to go away. I don't know how it is in New Zealand, Mm -hmm. Um, but in the United States... Um, basically we just started recognizing PTSD and combat soldiers, Mm. we called it shell shock before, Mm. um, and, uh, make no mistake that 2020 will multiply by a factor of 10, Mm. the amount of post-traumatic stress disorder patients that we have in this world, not only in this country, but in this world. And like you said, living in the States at the moment, is not particularly awesome. Uh, at all. And so it's really important to take care of yourself. It's really important to listen to podcasts like this. It's really important to learn so that you have your own tools. That happens to be one for me when I envision that cool blue water. But what's so cool about it is that action of stepping over that bridge, like, hmm. no, no, we're not doing this. That, we're not doing this again. You're not going to keep doing this to me. I'm walking over my yellow bridge to my blue water. Um, which then just turns to green because yellow and blue make green mm-hmm. and green is growth and green is healing. And that's the visual that, and, and I wish I could, I wish I could claim that. My, my counselor taught me that. Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, but, but it works. And, um, and so mm-hmm. I think the main thing is, as, as you just keep saying to the listeners, we don't want to. We, we don't want to think. Oh gosh, I saw a car accident. Do I have PTSD? Because it is very normal for those things to rattle you at the beginning. But if you find yourself in constant unrest, you'll know. I mean, you'll know whether it's anxiety or PTS or PTSD or anything else. You'll know. You got to listen to your body. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Oh, that yeah. book by the doctor's name that I can't pronounce called "The Body Keeps the Score." Um, And and I have a ton of health problems as a result of PTSD uh, because when we don't pay attention to it, it will pay attention to you.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because the cortisol and the adrenaline and all the other things that get activated, they do their own magic. And that magic is real magic because it lets you survive and you run away right. from, from a bear or so. But if you're constantly uh, with, living with that magic when an email comes into your inbox, well, you know, yeah. after a while, that stomach ulcer keeps growing. And those many, many, many other f- uh, health sequences yeah. that, that derive from that. Yeah, that is so very true. true. No, you're right. Absolutely right. I liked the way that you, that you phrased that a moment ago, when you were talking essentially about the consequences, but also the need to recognize that not just in soldiers, but in many, many other people out there. But because it is far more studied and far more researched in soldiers, it's really good to see how the lessons that they have learned I, have, I wrote a book, My Steps to Sobriety. I
1: bought it
0: actually. Oh, thank you, thank you. You're welcome, so yeah. you were the one. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I wondered who, was, who that was. Uh, so in That's there, funny. <laughs> in there, there was, uh, no, there is uh, a chapter on PTSD, amongst many other things, and in it, I tell about the experiences after the Falkland War. Falkland War was a, was a very short war that was fought between Britain and uh, Argentine in the 80s. And uh, it, was a quite, it was short five weeks, but it was brutal. And many soldiers were killed on both sides. And the English uh, had a, a field hospital. And the boss of the hospital, the doctor, wrote, that, uh, wrote a book about it. In there is a magic chapter because he describes when the war was finished that the soldiers were sent back to the UK. Now, some of them traveled on the ships that had come down. So they were basically for weeks uh, on those ships and had time to talk. They, once they were on the ships, uh, it was they had to turn up for roll call once a day to just show that they're still there, and the rest... Of the day, they could do whatever they wanted to do. If they wanted to lie in their bunk and cry their eyes out that's cool. If they wanted to meet others and talk, that was cool and was encouraged and that's what most people did. So there was that bunch of soldiers who actually debriefed, talked, expressed their wow. frustrations, all their things. So there was that. and then there was another group of soldiers that flew home so there were some airlines that that uh, were able to take them in so that's cool so you had people who were basically arrive, arrived back in the uk within 2 days 48 hours basically now the incidence of a ptsd dramatically difference between wow. those people who quickly got back and just got dumped so to speak versus those people who were within their tribe within others who had experienced the same the same hell, and we're now able to debrief, talk about it, make sense of it, etc. So it's that human connection. It's that yeah. making sense of trauma that is yeah. so powerful, and that is something that we have learned from uh, from that particular little little nuclear story. But also, I've had other guests on my show. Uh, CQ. He is a is a, a gentleman uh, in the United States Army, and he found himself on the receiving end of a machine gun. So he uh, was not a happy bunny for the next many years and it is beautiful to hear him talking about the self-isolation and keeping it all to himself and wallowing and stewing in those feelings versus then finally getting the help from the VA, from people who had been there, done that, had suffered the same way and just said, hey, why don't you come along? Hey, we're doing whatever, golfing, fancy learning how to golf? Okay. And he started being open. So he made a conscious decision to actually open himself up and said, what do you do golfing? I learn how to golf. What are you doing tomorrow? Our course and comedy. Cool. I go along. Let's see how it goes. And what is he today? He's a comedian. So here you go from exactly from cocky inner city boy who is defined by his manliness and being a despair head of the American army to cripple to comedian.
1: That's amazing. I talk about community a lot. Mm. Um, It's so important. Um, my, My healing began when I opened my mouth and told somebody and we go back to the stigma. Um, of, of, of all of these things. And so during my domestic violence marriage, I just kept trying to outperform it. I'm a very successful entrepreneur, um, you know, just have been very fortunate um, in, in, in that way. But for so long, I just performed, performed, performed in silence. And when I got into community, And they weren't people that are like, okay, Amy, you need to stop taking pain pills and you need to do this. and You need to do that. They just did life with me. Hey, you want some coffee? You want to go for a walk on the beach? You want to do this? You want to do that? And it was like, and what they were doing for me is they were investing in me and they were building trust. And it was because of that one person that um, just decided that she wanted to do life with me. We literally, I love the beach. I live in Florida. So and, si- and 60 minutes anywhere in Florida, you can be at the beach, which is the best part about <laughs> this country or about the state. Uh, but we would go on walks and, um, and we wouldn't talk about any of this stuff unless I wanted to talk about it. Cause that's the thing that a lot of listeners are going to be like, but if I reach out, they're going to want to talk about what's bothering mm-hmm. me. Now, find your people, find your community. I talk about the three C's all the time, mm-hmm. but that is a huge one. But I'm so fascinated by that study that, 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 the. Because something's really interesting to me about that is that they talked about it quickly after the Mm -hmm. trauma instead of, you know what I'm saying? Like literally they got on that boat and they had an opportunity to debrief each other or debrief with each other versus somebody like me who landed in counseling at 36 years old. And that was sometimes the first time that that those words ever came out of my mouth. And and do you believe um, that I actually asked my counselor, do you think I have PTSD? And he sat back in his chair. He tells a story, (laughs) stunned, stunned, absolutely stunned. (laughs) And and so listeners out there, you're not the best judge of what's going on with you. So get people who who love you, who will do life with you. Mm. I am very fortunate to have been able to afford counseling. Mm. Not everybody can. But your point is a good one. Get on the boat with people who have been through it with you. Mm -hmm. Um, In my case, domestic violence, there's all kinds of organizations out there. There's a worldwide organization for any listeners out there. I have no dog in this fight. It just happens to be one that I really like. I support them in October, which in the States is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. It's called Break the Silence Against Domestic Violence. Mm -hmm. And they have a Facebook page. And just watching people flesh it out and, and... you too, you felt that too, Mm
0: -hmm. how
1: did you do that? And somebody's always behind you in their healing and somebody's always in front of you in their healing and some people are on the same place. I couldn't have said it better myself and the importance of that Mm -hmm. talking Mm -hmm. and finding people in your community Mm -hmm. Um, because we all are gonna come from different backgrounds and different faiths. Um, My faith is huge in my healing um, but the other thing that by far is people, my community, my tribe, who loved me back to life, quite frankly.
0: And it is those people who have been in the gutter, who have been through hell and kept going, that can be the lights in your darkness. That is those people that you need to find, that you need to listen to, that you you don't need to say. I love the way you said it yourself. You don't need to talk, but you need to listen. Yeah. Uh, you have you have got all the rights to get better. You have. Many times those things that happened to you, you had no control over. This was not your choice. There was no, no nothing. However much your brain wants to somehow allocate guilt and, and it does. blame to you. Of mm-hmm. course it does, especially in sexual, sexual violence. Uh, there's, there's always, and, and especially with children uh, and young adults, you always think, oh, it's my fault. Somehow, in some weird, weird way, it actually makes sense in your brain that you're to be blamed. And this is this is just one of these 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 things with our brain. It can do some really screwed up things. So let's let's be very clear
1: about it. It's so weird because, it, yeah, it's so weird because the very things that are meant to protect us, like like we just talked about, especially the amygdala and the hippocampus, mm-hmm. those things are put in our bodies by design to keep us alive um, but they do work against us and these things um, because I don't know why we are always all I mean, we we think the worst of ourselves instead of like you know maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm this way because I need help and that's very hard for people to do too is ask for help um, and and I feel and I, I can't speak to this but I feel particularly Uh, my heart gets heavy for men who have PTSD because by not to stereotype, but, but, but women typically have, friendships that are, that are deeper in conversation bonds and stuff like that. And so for a guy to go to a guy and say, at least in the States, it might be a very North American thing. Um, but, but some men may not feel very manly and going and asking or or talking to their buddy for help, you know, Hmm. or, or just saying, you know, I need medicine or I need counseling or I need whatever. And so I I would just encourage guys out there, um, to keep, core people around you and um you know particularly military uh ptsd um and be around your people find your people and um, it is the people like you and like me who have been in those gutters who understand what it's like to take i i had a point where i took a um my my drug of choice was um started with hydrocodone which is an opiate and it should not shock anybody, since we, you know, we are America, and we still are an epidemic mm-hmm. of that. But I took a handful of pain pills, um, added some Xanax, washed it down with a bottle of wine, and was shocked when I woke up the next morning. <laughs> but when I did wake up the next morning, I thought to myself, "Well, there's a reason for me to be on this planet," mm. and so on this my Saturday night, your Sunday morning is one of those reasons because if just one of your listeners or, or or somebody that you and I don't even know, don't even know about either one of our podcasts can go, Hey, here's two people um, from different walks of life. I mean, for, for God's sakes, we're from different continents, you know what I'm saying? And so um, different walks of life, different trauma, you're, you're earlier in your PTSD journey than I am. Um, You know, I, I I got my diagnosis about 12, 13 years ago. um, And, and so we're all and here's something else that's so important n- not to compare our trauma mm-hmm. because people will hear a story like mine and they'll be like well I wasn't babysat by serial killers mm-hmm. like she was mm-hmm. my mom just beat the crap out of me or my dad did this or I wasn't abused like she was or or I I didn't have the the, the trauma that I that 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 stefan mm-hmm. had I didn't have I I I got a paper cut compared to them. You can't do that because your brain is not our brains and your brain is going to respond like your brain should respond. And so I, I, I'm always so nervous about people comparing pain because sometimes this trauma, the body of trauma can be so heavy on one person and then it'll make another person go, well, I don't have that. So I should be grateful. No, you're, you're a human being too. And you've been hurt too, and you deserve to be well just like you just
0: said exactly and it's this if you if you look at the me too movement uh, and if you look at at women especially with with sexual violence uh, discussing the trauma you will find that there are women who have suffered a true rape with all its awful 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 consequences there are other women that are just as traumatized by Uh, a a person in power next to them putting his hand on their buttocks. So you you would say, oh, come on, get over it, girl. Yet that girl is traumatized for years to come because she feels helpless. It was for her, it was a trauma. So you cannot compare. You cannot compare. I think that's a key, key, key message.
1: Because everybody's window of tolerance is different too, Mm -hmm. right? And and so... And, and any time, especially in sexual trauma, I don't, I, even even improperly speaking um, to a, a another person, whether it be male or female, by way of um, being inappropriate and, and, and saying horrible things and, and you know what I'm saying? Even that can be traumatic because what that does for women in general, I can't speak for men, but what it does for women is it was like, this is all, my body is all that I have. And you putting your hand on my buttocks is, is off, is out of bounds. And that is probably trauma for 99% of women, but they don't know it because they're great. Well, he didn't rape me. He didn't take me up to his room, and, but, but it's so, so important. If it's trauma for you, it's trauma. And there's big T trauma and little t trauma, but it's all trauma you know and it does the same thing to our brains.
0: So true. If you could go back in time and give your previous self some advice what would that advice be?
1: Wow that's a that's a great question um it really is a great question um it would be the same advice that I'm giving to myself today. Like I'm setting up for this and that needed to be perfect, you know, and I just, I, at at seven, at the seven year old little girl where the first trauma happened, I would like to say to her, as I would say it to a seven year old that was sitting beside me, sweetie, you're, you're so loved and so cherished. And so just that this, this was wrong. This is not your fault. If I could go back, I would stop, I would have paid attention to everything that was going on inside of me. And I would have stopped trying to anesthetize it with performance, accolades, college degrees, and drugs. I would be kind to myself. I would say, dude, (laughs) you are a warrior and, and it's okay, you're okay rest, you know, there are days at three o'clock in the afternoon, I I need to rest. Um, It's okay to say no to friends. No, I can't come to that party with 3000 people because I just can't. And so if I had advice to give to myself, it would be to be kind to myself, take care of myself um, and understand that I don't know anything about how to help myself because taking those pills i thought well this at least helps me sleep that helps me you know so i would i would pay attention mm. to what was going on inside of me mm. when i was old enough to do something about it so about college age i would have paid attention and went wait a second this isn't this isn't okay and i would have done something about it then mm. instead it took a complete nervous breakdown for me to get help
0: Welcome to my world, because <laughs> <laughs> virtually every guest in this show is like you, because that's yeah. human. That is, yeah, yeah. it is this, this kind it's of... Good,
1: that's good to hear that it's human, because
0: sometimes you think, yeah, I just... No, no, I, no. You know, Everyone yeah. I talk to, essentially, there are very few guests who say, well, I was on this slippery slope, but I caught myself in time. Mm. Nah. No, that doesn't seem to happen with humans. Most of us, we just keep sliding. And then yeah. until we come into free fall and then we come to the the rock bottom and then we wake up and yeah. we start looking at what is really going on. And guess what? It all typically, finding finding a way out of your misery, typically, begins with admitting that you're in misery to start with actually so recognizing true. that you have got a problem and for many of us that means actually stopping the hiding and stopping the the, the mask yes. putting so much makeup on that that it looks like painting by numbers um, yes so no no stop the mask actually yeah. let's have a look what is underneath that mask and <sighs> then the you can't outwit begin. this. Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? You can't outwit this. You got, mm. you, you got to address it. It's not going away. Exactly. It, 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 it will, if you don't pay attention to it, it will pay attention to you. And so, mm. um, mm. my, my heart's desire, and I don't know, like, I don't know what's going to happen with my business. I mean, I, I was working 60 to 75 hours a week doing that business. Um, and then enter COVID and enter this, mm. and I'm spending days and nights. At, you know, I'm writing, I'm, I'm, I'm guesting. I have my mm. own podcast because I know there are people out there like me, mm. and and unfortunately, there are people out there like me who are self medicating, particularly mm. with opiates. Now, alcohol was never really my thing; um, it just wasn't, didn't do it for me. Mm. But pain pills and benzos and stuff mm. like that, that bring it all down and mm. make life happy. Um, it, people are dying because of that. That's because right. again, you got a part of your brain, the logical part of your brain is not firing properly. There's not, and, and I'm being sciency, not because I'm talking to a doctor, but because I love this stuff. But you know, you've know, you lost neuroplasticity with trauma. Mm. The longer you don't address trauma, mm. the more damage is done. And your, your two sides of your brain, which we are made with, and we need both of them will stop working and so I it's just my my passion that people hear this message you know Mm -hmm. it's just my passion there's hope there's help out there Mm -hmm. and I am a living proof example that now Mm -hmm. life still isn't great Mm -hmm. I still day by day you know I I had uh broke my arm a year ago and um the first thing I said to my friends was I don't want to go to the ER I mean my arm is like it, it was broken. And they were like, why don't you want to go to the ER? And I was like, because they're going to give me pain medication. And I I can't do that again because I knew that that first shot of it was going to be an issue. And um, so we we got there. And, and of course, they ended up having to give me a shot of morphine. But they said, do you want a prescription for – I was not even at home. I was in Texas. And I said, no, absolutely, no, I do not because I understood that – one is one is too many and ten thousand is not enough and unless the story drastically changes i will always have to pay attention to this Mm -hmm. little amy inside jumping up and down going Mm -hmm. pay attention to the trauma Mm -hmm. pay attention to the trauma i don't live in it i don't bask in it i've turned it around to the things like this i'm writing a book been writing it for 10 years, but I'm writing a book. Um, (laughs) I keep telling people the manuscript had to heal too. Um, but, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, you gotta, I just, and so to that, that, you know, to that, that point, we both are Easy to find on social hmm. media. I, you know, one of awful. my favorite pod one of my favorite podcasters is Annie F. Downs, and I love a thing that she says at the end of all of her podcasts. I'm embarrassingly easy to find on social media. I right before I got on with you had a message from a young lady uh, with PTSD that listened to one of my podcasts and and was asking me about EMDR. Um, and hmm. and and so I am thriving off of that, and nice. it is healing me into to those blue waters and and that green, which is gro- growth. And so out of my trauma from that volcano, all this stuff is just growing, and um, and 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 beauty from ashes. And so, people out there listening, guys, you know the likelihood, especially if you're living in North America or Europe, um, mm-hmm. that uh, the pandemic alone whether it's actually that you lost somebody from covid or the economic impacts or just the self isolation i live by myself fortunately i have a neighbor that i bubbled with us um but but we are you know our our cdc said here that we wouldn't see a a slowdown of this until 20 to the end of 2021 Mm -hmm. it has been so traumatic for every person Mm -hmm. on this planet Mm -hmm. and so everyone under the sound of both of our voices please hear us when we say you do not have to live in the misery you don't you know you don't have to deny it Mm -hmm. um if you're getting mad at red lights if you're if you're if you're scared you know i mean gosh we could go on and on at you know active shootings and maybe you guys had that horrible one in new zealand Mm -hmm. and um and you know it kind of is everyday news here Mm -hmm. but for those of us that are ptsd patients that kind of stuff just mm. pokes what's already there. They, mm. you know, you think of that, that Maslow's hierarchy of needs with the lowest being, I just need food and shelter. But then the one above that is I need to feel safe. Mm. lots of PTSD patients don't feel safe. Exactly. And so whatever your treatment is, whatever your way to handle it is, read your book, find books, listen to podcasts. Um, if you can go to counseling, but don't ignore it. Mm. Don't ignore it.
0: So true. Hey, give us the do you have a name of your book
1: already uh yes the the name of my book um is going to be the miracle of me yes. and um and and so it um it it, it just it, it is a miracle that we're, you and i are sitting here talking um <laughs> not for uh, not for lack of trying i should not be here whether it be by the by the decisions of somebody else's or by the copious amounts of opiates that i've put in my body um and so um I tell the story of how we got from there to here and mm-hmm. and while many people may not share my faith, the one thing that we all share is each other. Mm-hmm. and community is everything mm-hmm. in this. Um, you know counseling if you can afford it is everything. In this. Mm. And so, yeah, so I'm about 75% of the way in. I'm, I'm having a hard yes. time writing the, fir- the, first um, the first, the first third of yeah. it. Mm. Yeah. The first third I'm struggling with. Um, but man, such a heart. And so for those of you out there listening, reach out to one of us and, um, mm. and, 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 you know, we're all, like I said, we're easy to find. Mm. Um, and, and I to the best of my ability, as much as I can keep up, will I I respond personally to everyone that, that, that messages me. And, um, because that's what I'm going to do. And, um, and meanwhile, somebody else is running my business. And so Mm. this is going to be what I'm going to do for a while that I thought my first season of my podcast would be just on PTSD and I'd call it a day, but Mm. that's not, you know, you know how you just feel like I was born for this. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I feel the same. I, I feel the same. Yeah. If you would have that's told me, if you would have told me a few calls of a year ago that one day I would consider myself an influencer or however whatever label you want to put on it, I would have thought, "Come on, you have got a little screw loose there." Uh, but no, it is it is once you actually start start meeting beautiful people from around the world and and explore the reason why people drink why people use Mm -hmm. why the trauma that is sitting behind it all and find ways out of these miseries this is such a revelation this is such a beautiful feeling that i can't see myself stopping that anytime soon because every yeah, new either. person I touch uh, and I get to know leaves an imprint on me, leaves uh, leaves lessons that they've learned on me. I grow yeah. with every interview uh, yeah. as... as it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful journey. So, you guys. It
1: really is a cool
0: journey. Isn't it? Exactly. So, so hang around, subscribe to our channels, subscribe yeah, to us what... on Instagram and Facebook, and, and just be part of our tribe, of the tribe of people who have gone through hell and kept going and are now making this world a little bit of a better place, one interview at a time. Eh?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. And and one thing to, that I would just close with is remember that shame wants to tell you that you are your mistake, not that you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And right. so for those of you, so those of you out there still struggling with sobriety, still struggling with falling off the wagon, and that might be me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that there's no shame, and you are not shame. Mm-hmm. You're not your mistakes. You're not your trauma. You're not your past. And because shame will absolutely just make it dark. And so, uh, so yeah, the mission is clear. Um, You can find me on all the socials, uh, first name, last name, uh, amywatsonauthor.com. And I'm on uh, all the, all the, all, all Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm on with uh, Amy Watson author being the handles, except for Instagram is author Amy Watson. Uh, But please, please reach out to one of us. There's, there's hope uh, in this, and, uh, you're looking at, at two of those people right now. <laughs> so I think, thank you so much for this opportunity it is my passion and I've been looking forward to it all day.
0: Oh, no. And the same with me. Thank you so much for coming onto my show, Amy, and you guys out there, look after yourself and be bold Recognize that something is not right. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this to this right. podcast or viewed as YouTube uh, video. Go out there, find the help that helps you to move forward and to live the life that you want to live.
1: Yes, look after you can.
0: Absolutely, That's right. look
1: after yourself and look after each other because you matter.
0: <laughs> absolutely, you're so right. Bye.
1: Yeah. All right, bye. Thank you so much.